in this episode of Novel Predictions, Allison compares World War II historical fiction to Mean Girls. Almost, it could almost even be like a little Mean Girls, like of Katie trying to aspire to be like Regina. Yeah, you know, like this, and like older, maybe taking cooler. on these bad traits. Yes, in order to, to perceive to be cooler or right. um, be better at life. Apparently. Yeah, I think that's totally how it is. It's like Mean Girls. <laughs> it's Mean Girls. It's Mean. Girls. <laughs> it's just Mean Girls in Leningrad. I'm Allison, and I'm reading it for the first and only time. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm so sad that you're not going to end up liking this book, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm so proud of you for trying. Um, this is a World War II historical fiction, which Allison is such a big fan of. I just love it. It's, it's one of her absolute favorites, and... I picked it. Um, I picked it mainly because David Beninoff is actually the uh, showrunner for Game of Thrones, and June is also a super busy month. And so I was like, I'll pick a shorter book, and that I thought would be helpful and good. And then I forgot how much she loathes World War II historical fictions and historical fiction in general. If it's no. not romance, yeah, um, it's mainly <laughs> World War II. Yeah, it's um, just it's just like war in general, and like. Like I said, I have some opinions about this book, um, and I I am interested to know if there was a point in our reading of these first five chapters where you were like, "Oh, Allison's not going to like this." Oh yeah. Do I, you remember what it was? I think it probably was like right. Well, I was I was like solidified when the cannibals happened. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I was solidified in that part, um, but I think it first came up when I was, I was it was early on, and I was like, God damn it, I just am torturing her with this one. Um, it's, I think it was probably like around chapter three when, it, when they first, I, I don't know, maybe when Koyla and Lev first meet or something, I was like, I don't know if she's going to like this one at all, but then the cannibals happened, and I was like, oh, fuck, I really... I had forgotten about the cannibals as well, because they're very short. So Yeah, because it's not really part of the story. It's just kind of... It just happens. A small adventure they, they find themselves in. Yeah. So that... that Yeah, I was feeling kind of bad about it. I'm not going to lie. But I was also like, that's okay. We're it, It's going to be short. We'll get through it quick. June will be easy. And then and then she can torture me with something else in July. <laughs> Should I give us a summary of this book yeah, super let's quick? Give, let's do a little summary um, so, from your perspective. So this book is a World War II historical fiction story about uh, two gentlemen who are caught in a a Leningrad, a Nazi-dominated Leningrad, and get caught by the Russian police. And in order to secure their freedom, the head of police sends them out uh, in order to find two dozen eggs for his daughter's wedding cake. And it's a really interesting premise, and I love how succinct this book is how interesting it is i love that from the opening chapter as if it's told from his grandfather um which is not real it's totally fictional but i love those scenes um i love the friendship between koila and lev and 
I think the adventure is really great. It's like a movie and a book for me. It's only 250 pages and it's so interesting and just intriguing and devastating and it just kind of rips your heart out in such a great literary way. And like I said, I thought about it. It made me think about it because everybody's all hyped up on Game of Thrones and how that went. And I was like, oh, David Benenoff, because I first learned of David Benenoff from this book because I don't watch Game of Thrones. And... I thought, oh, that'd be a nice, succinct thing for June. And now I'm realizing that it was probably a horrific idea. And I should have gone with the YA fantasy I was considering instead. So, <laughs> oh, well. Well, so, yeah. Okay, so, first of all, they only need one dozen eggs. So that makes life easier. Oh, I'm sorry. I Second always of think all, it's two. Sorry. And second of all, um, I... Oh, it is a dozen eggs. Oops. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> like the premise of this book... I will give it that. Um, I think <laughs> that's that all she's gonna give it. <laughs> I, think, I think that it's. Um, I think that it's well written. I do think the writing is good, but I am really, really trying not to hate the characters. Oh, um, interesting. Like I just want to slap Koila every he, time he opens his fucking mouth. Yeah, he's kind of a dick. And like, and they keep doing this thing where. both internal monologue and in conversation where they're just so like male (laughs) and (laughs) I don't know how better to put it like no it's okay where they're like oh they like they saw the colonel's daughter ice skating on a lake in like 15 pounds of fur yeah and then immediately are like oh I watched her on the lake so that I could memorize like her so I can masturbate to it later and I envisioned had a fantasy about her skating on the lake naked like her white ass shining in the moonlight I'm just like okay like can we not and then they keep talking about shitting and I just don't I'm just it's just (laughs) it's so male and in such a kind of blatant and unnuanced way that I'm really struggling like I'm trying so very hard not to be like I'm just writing these characters off like I hate them right um I'm making a conceited effort but mm, but I'm I'm struggling I wonder when I wonder if when uh Vika gets in that you'll be more excited but um I I thought about that too as I was rereading this so I have a I have a way of trying to separate these overtly male literary books because they exist and right. unfortunately they're a part of canon and you have to read so many of them in school. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from them um, because I think they're important, but I think what they do is they unfortunately overshadow other voices. Um, and yeah, I, I agree think with that completely. That I think true equality would be that these books exist but then also voices of other colors and cultures and uh, women voices and I, I feel like that those need to be rated as highly so I don't want to necessarily degrade those voices because this also reminds me a lot of like of Mice and Men and things they carried books that again I think of that are like so overtly male yeah like Catcher in the Rye Catcher in the Rye is another one you know except I fucking hate Catcher in the Rye I was trying to pick books I actually like but (laughs) it was really funny because I was sitting in the living room last night reading and I kept being like I kept like scoffing out loud when all these things happened 
and Nate was sitting there with me and he's like, what is wrong with you? And I explained what I just explained. And he was like, yeah, it's like Catcher in the Rye. I fucking hate that character. Right. So I think that's a common, everyone hates the guy in Catcher in the Rye. Except John goddamn Green. I Seriously, like he, he. Well. Tar- yeah. Anyway. Who's surprised? I know. Nobody's surprised. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so I, I. What I love, I think, the most about this book is not even just the characters, but I love this story. Like, to me, I don't know why, but it was such this, like, interesting slice of history. And it was something that, like I said, was so quick and so fast. And I remember just devouring it. Uh, and I remember thinking, why the hell is this not a movie? And, and but now as I'm rereading it as a more woke woman. Yeah. I think it's harder. And I think your points are 100% valid. And I think that's also when I was like, oh, shit, Allison may not like this book. Um, <laughs> but to me, like I said, when I first read it, it was more of like the things they carried level or something. You know, these or sure. Cherry is another like overtly male book, um, white male book. I will also preface that and say like white male book because there's, yeah. you know, I, I feel like that those have their place. But I think that unfortunately, because of the society that we live in, they have been extremely overhyped. Um, and this book, I may have fallen into that trap, but I still just, I love this story. Like to me, these two guys trying to go, it, it's a different World War II story, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about spies. It's not about, you know, it's about, it, it's not about like some secret organization trying to kill Hitler. Like it's this for lack of a better word, kind of ordinary, weird side story that's going on while all of these big World War II things are happening. Right. And, and I, I think totally, that's what I really enjoyed. I totally agree that the story is compelling. Yeah. Um, I think that the idea that in a war-ravaged city that's under siege, um, these boys, their life is being spared if they can find a dozen eggs and like for like you know for this woman's wedding cake um which means is so trivial in the grand scheme of things but is so important to them and so important to the characters at the same time they're eating like the library bars which are literally like protein bars made of library book glue and yep paper um which i do kind of want to i don't know anything about Leningrad and World War II really because I'm not um, a scholar of that period but I would really and I, I, I'm assuming that a lot of these things that he's referencing are real and actually happened like the, those things not the story but yeah what they were eating and how the siege was going and that kind of thing mm-hmm. so that is super interesting to me um but I think and and war Stories that happen in war times are almost always dominated by men. Um, because true. Especially in this time, men were um, the predominant, you know, fighting force and all this stuff. And I get the idea of, like, this is a story that happened in, you know, the 1940s. And these men, it was, like, men's men back then and whatever, like locker room talk was just how people talked all the time kind of bullshit that's true I, I get it i get that it's like culturally maybe accurate to a certain degree um but 
I still struggle with it because I think like I I I'm struggling with the representation of women so far because um, we've gotten the girl who lives in the building with him with Lev who Lev is pissed at because she only kisses the one boy uh, and he tries he saves her and she runs off and doesn't save him which like that I get that that sucks but I don't feel like he was mad at any of the other boys for not saving him. He was just mad at the girl. And then the only other woman we've seen, well, <clears throat> I guess that's not true. We've seen the car- Colonel's daughter yep. who was friv- frivolously ice skating and is obviously well-fed. That's all we know about her and that she wants a wedding cake for her wedding. So she she's been portrayed as frivolous and Round. like yeah. No, nothing nothing has been she has no intellect to be spoken of she didn't speak um she didn't even look at them and then the only other woman we've seen is the cannibal's wife <laughs> <laughs> very briefly um so i just feel like and i guess when i was reading it too like i was struggling a little bit because i love game of thrones i really do yeah. but that show has terrible um like and in the book probably too because I haven't I've only read the first one. But the women in that show do not have as much agency as you think they would in the positions of power that they have. Interesting. Um, and I think I, I thought think that, that was one of the things that was always praised about it that the women were like super badass. They are super badass, and that's that's so great. Except for they're still like I don't know if the. I don't know if the Game of Thrones would pass the like special test or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. So 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 like I'm like reading it through this lens of I know this guy was the showrunner of Game of Thrones and the last season of Game of Thrones. Um sucked. It didn't suck. It was just really weird and they rushed it and they made all these big jumps and most of them were about female characters, these like weird character changes. Um and you're like what the fuck? All of a sudden she's crazy. And now we're going to, like, just get rid of her? I don't get it. So I am maybe a little bit salty about uh, the treatment of women in the last season of Game of Thrones. And that might be coloring my opinion. But I do think so far, obviously, we've only read, like, 60 pages of this book. Um, The amount of female representation at all in a city full of people is incredibly stilted. I will give you a bone and say that, Vika, that's coming is a female that I really like. We do only get one, and there's more women later, which I won't tell you what their role is, um, but we do get one, kind of the Hermione to okay. this Ron and Harry duo. Okay, so maybe that will make me feel better. Yeah, um, it, it might it's not. It, it's probably not going to quell everything that you're bringing up about this, which I'm finding very interesting, and I might turn the conversation to a little bit of a serious note, but... Um, like I said, it might not quell everything because this probably, now that I'm thinking about it, this book would not pass the Bechdel test either. Right. Um, but she does exist. She does come. Um, and so it's not completely a, a buddy romance the whole time <laughs> of romance. <laughs> okay. Um, but I'm, I'm interested because everything you're bringing up is 100% valid and everything you're bringing up is so interesting to me because... I don't know. I wonder, am I a bad feminist for liking this book? And it's an interesting thing that, like, am I allowed to enjoy this book that 
obviously is representing a time period that degrades women and does not have female voice and is something. But like I said, I just, I was so obsessed with this story. And while yes, females come into it later, you're reading the first 20% of the book and it's a little sad that that doesn't pop up. And now I'm all like, oh crap, am I not allowed to like this book? Or does it fall back into those literary books of like, now, wait a second, am I not allowed to like mice and men or the things they carried or um, 12 well, angry like, men? Does, you know what I mean? Like, I'm wondering. Does East of Eden pass the Bechdel test? Probably not. Yes. No, it does. Um, does it? Well, technically it does because of Kat and um, the mother woman. I forget. There's a like, mom a in it. a single conversation. Yeah. So, like, it technically <laughs> does. Right. Because, um, like, there was another um, – I saw a gif once that was talking about how like Thor passes the Bechdel test, but only barely. Yeah. Because like there's a four line conversation between two women making a joke about their spears or something like that, which is not even, it it was like their weapons, whatever they had. And it wasn't even sexual. It was just commenting on it. And I was like, that seems lame that the standards are that low. Right. And so I'm like, because Thor doesn't feel like, to me, it passes. But it does, technically. Because, like, Natalie Portman and the chick from Two Broke Girls are having a phone conversation about something. And so it technically passes. But it still doesn't feel like it does. Because I'm like, great, we have Thor's mom and we have Natalie Portman. And a spunky sidekick. Cool. Right. And then, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just am now, I'm thinking about what you're saying and, and trying to process it all. And I'm like, oh, crap, should I have made her read this book? But then do we negate? other really good literary works I don't know it's just interesting I think for me that this story if you um I'm trying to remember her name the librarian who has the like paths or whatever um so so people read for like five different things um character story um the like writing itself setting and there's a fifth one and I don't remember what the fifth one is and that makes me a bad librarian but that's okay no you're not a bad librarian (laughs) but so I read like exclusively for character like my I I do not enjoy books usually that I can't connect with the characters um like really connect with them Mm -hmm. and I feel like everything you've been saying about this book and you saying I really love the story I really love the story is that you are not necessarily connecting with the characters as much as you are loving the journey they're going on. Yes. And I think that that's what it is. So because I connect with the characters and I need to, in order to kind of be into a book, I am noticing and struggling with the fact that I'm not seeing any female representation and, you know, like I'm wondering why there are no women involved. Like you said, there might, there will be some later, but we'll see how that, how that makes me feel. But for you, you're saying, I love this story, so it doesn't really matter who's going on the journey. Yes, and that's and that's that's true. But we've and you and I have always differed on this. If anybody who's listening listens to our past episodes or why we YA or is I don't know, just a friend of ours who listens to our conversations, we <laughs> we differ greatly on how we read books. I yeah. I definitely read for story. To me, plot is hugely important. And for you, character is hugely important. And that doesn't make either different or worse or better. It just is how we perceive the stories that we're reading, which makes for really great podcasting. Um, 
and makes for really great reading conversations, I think, because you are right that the reason I love this book is I couldn't even remember the characters' names when I presented this book to you. I was like, fuck, I don't even remember what these two guys' names are. But I could tell you so many different parts of their I did forget the cannibals, but I think that's because it's like two it's gross. Yeah. And <laughs> it's gross. And but like I could tell you every part of this story and I remember how the journey of it made me feel and how complete it felt and how like it was just this beautiful, awesome story within 250 pages that like didn't have a cliffhanger and didn't need another book to it. And it was so complete and packaged into this book that I was so in love with it. And that's why I love sharing it with people is because I'm like, this to me is a really great example of good storytelling. Right. And I agree with you. I think that this story is compelling. And I think that I, I am invested in their journey but because I read for character, if like if I was not being asked to read this for this podcast and I didn't need to finish it, I may not finish it because I'm just so frustrated with how they're acting. Yeah. That and like I I cannot connect with their psyche in any way, um, currently at least. That it, I would probably DNF it for that reason, even though the story is compelling and I I do. It would be one of those things where I might, like, skip around to see, like, what happens. Right. And then, like, be done with it and not actually read. Or I would skip all dialogue. Yeah. And be like, I'm not reading your stupid, asinine conversations. Please but I will. No. Right. So I think – and I think that's it. And I don't think that you loving this book makes you a bad feminist. I think you just read for something else. So in this moment, in, in this context with this book, you're not looking through th- – at it through a feminist lens because you're looking at the story, not the people. Yeah, that's fair. But it's interesting to me because I was thinking about it in, in a playwriting class that I had. He always talked about, could you switch? Could the story still work if you switch the genders of the characters? Right. And being a white male, this professor said that the story should still be able to work because of plot and whatever. And then in my head, I was like, that shouldn't fucking work. That doesn't, that because of gender in real life and shit. Well, that, because of like roles in the yeah, army and... you can't do that yeah so i i understood why he said it but i also understood as a straight white male why why it made sense in his head um but like i think about if we switched the genders of the characters in this this wouldn't work these women would be raped and killed and not sent on this adventure yeah. to go get a dozen eggs right. and there would be no way that this even could happen um Right. It would need to be set in an alternate universe. It couldn't yes. be in a realistic fiction kind of way. Yeah, there's no way. And um, well, and the other thing that's interesting to me, too, is this whole coming of age story. Again, we mentioned Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. Of like, because it says it on the back here. I've got the book in front of me and it says, by turns, insightful and funny, thrilling and terrifying, City of Thieves is a gripping cinematic World War II adventure and an intimate coming of age story with an utterly contemporary feel for how boys become men. And I was like oh my God, how many boys become men books are there? And it's like, do we need more of them? And the answer is probably no. I would like to know how <laughs> girls become women or how men of color become men. And, you know, it's like, well, great, cool, another white guy story, which is why this is an interesting reread for me because as a 27-year-old woman in this day and age, it will be interesting to look at this story again. Right. Um, when did you read this before? I don't um, think we asked that. I, my Goodreads could tell me. I could look it up. Um, well, when was it published? It's published. I didn't read it when it first came out. I know 2009. that much. 2009. 
Yeah, it was not that late. Um, I think I was out of college when I discovered it. But let me, Goodreads will tell me. If it was Goodreads, it had to have been right out of college because that's when I started using Goodreads again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember I did use it because I was pissed off that the cover was different. Um, so it <laughs> I says, do love the cover. Oh, 2015. So I read it in May. It's not four years ago. Of 2015. Yeah, so four years ago, which okay. is fair, I think. Um, I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I right mean, out of college, like immediately out of college. So my English major was hitting hard. Yeah, like 23 to 27 is a pretty big uh, jump. Like, grow up kind well, of and period I'm of your reading, life too i'm even reading some of these reviews here and it's like good historical fiction with great writing one of the characters was kind of sex driven and it threw me off anytime they talked about woman and sex like constantly yeah. and i'm reading some of these and i'm like oh i guess yeah but then maybe i just was so uh you were like enthralled by the plot yeah the journey they were going on yeah exactly so which i think is super cool and i just i would totally watch this movie um this yeah. seems like it could be um who did oh fuck what's that movie called help me out i can give you something it's, it's world war Two, and it's like but it's like a kind of a comedy fuck um inglorious bastards yes inglorious bastards this feels like it could be like quentin an inglorious bastards quentin tarantino type war comedy i could see that yeah absolutely it would either have to be that or like super serious saving private ryan shit you know what i mean i don't think there could be any real in between with it yeah but some of the things like are so goofy they are like the premise of this book is goofy which is why i think that it's compelling Mm -hmm. because it's taking this really dire time and these people who are literally dying um starving to death and puts them in this goofy ass position to do this goofy ass thing. Um, and then they like encounter fucking cannibals and stuff. But, and it's funny, even though it's definitely, I am sure that people were killing people and selling their meat. Like if the city is starving, yep. Like people are, get desperate. Like I'm sure that was a real thing. And so it's like this black comedy kind kind of thing. I think and you're I, right. I appreciate that. But yeah, I think, I think the whole, like, sex-crazed teenager and 20-year-old boy-buddy comedy, like, let's talk about how long it's been since I shit, like, every third page. Yeah. Um, it's just rubbing me the wrong way. And that's Be- fair. Yeah. I totally get it. Um, I appreciate you for finishing it. Um, we'll see where this journey takes them, but let's see if you can predict any of this journey, shall we? Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not going to lie. I gave you a hard one. Um, so here on novel predictions, we have a series of questions that we follow. It often, um, is something very similar to the hero's journey. Um, and we go through and ask these questions as kind of a, a spine or a, a baseline for uh, the predictions that the uh, new reader has to make. Um, I might dive into some other questions just to see how it goes, but this one, this kind of works um, pretty well here for now. So we're just going to dive right in. You ready? Let's go. Yep, I'm ready. All right, here we go. So does the main character fall in love? And I'm going to say in this one, because the perspective is mainly from Lev's perspective, I would call him the main protagonist, but you can yeah. also, if you want to pitch in that Koila falls in love and not in lust, that's okay too. 
I don't think so. Okay. I, I think that um, he may, like you, you have given me the the bone, thrown me the bone that there's a girl that's going to be joining the party here. Yeah. Um, but I think that either he will, well, I don't. Th- if he falls in love, I do not think it will be reciprocated. Okay. Um, I think because I this book I think is supposed to be like kind of lovingly tragic Um, (laughs) i can say it that way so i think i like that like soft softly tragic so i think um he might fall in love with this girl uh but he's not gonna get her and maybe koila will and that will be like the tragedy is that this asshole (laughs) fucking koila who's just weirdly confident and loves danger and just like laughs as he runs runs away from cannibals um We'll get the girl and the like more soft spoken, internally gross, but less externally gross love will not get the girl. Um, okay. And then That's what I think. No, I like it. Um I I want to ask a question, but I think I'm going to go through these first, and then okay. I want to get your opinion, because we didn't talk about one of my favorite parts of the first section that you read. So um, what tropes do you think you'll see? You already mentioned a couple. Well, yeah, it's like a buddy comedy. Yeah. Um, the, like, untouchable, like, on a pedestal woman that they're both going to, like, lust after. That, yep. Kind of thing. That's, like, unifying them is the we- their weird lust for this poor woman. I have no idea how old she is. I feel like she's younger than she should be. Probably. Um, <laughs> inevitably. Uh... I feel like it's going to be a comedy of errors. Like they're going to try to find these eggs over and over again and like be talking to people and, and getting themselves in these stupid situations because Koila has no sense of self-preservation and he just he runs at life with reckless abandon. Yeah. And he fucking loves it. And it's, that's also very off-putting to me. I'm like, I would never be friends with you. Um, but I think that's going to be like a comedy of errors and poor Lev is going to have to, rein him in all the time well i don't think lev would be friends with koila either if they weren't put yeah. in a situation together you know what i mean that's probably true i think that's part of the um, but i feel like he has a grudging like respect for koila and his weird like fearlessness do you think he like wants to be him or looks up to him or yeah i think he looks up to because lev is what like 15 i thought he was a little older Okay, he's like 16, 17 maybe. Yeah, something he's like that. He's younger than Koila for sure. Yes. Um, I feel like he looks up to Koila as like he's lived life. Like he's not a virgin, we presume. Um, he has this like reckless abandon kind of way of meeting people and going at things. And Lev seems very reserved and not willing to put himself in danger. So I feel like there's probably a certain amount of hero worship there um they're like wow you are vastly different than me in a very cool way and i would like to be that way kind of like a it reminds me a little bit of like an an um older brother situation there like older younger brother situation almost it could almost even be like a little mean girls like of Katie trying to aspire to be like Regina, yeah. you know, like this and like older maybe taking cooler... on these bad traits. Yes. In order to, to perceive to be cooler or right. um, be better at life. 
apparently. Yeah, I think that's totally how it is, is like Mean Girls. <laughs> it's Mean Girls. <laughs> it's Mean Girls. It's just Mean Girls in Leningrad. <laughs> in this episode of Novel Predictions. Oh my gosh, that's great. It's Mean Girls in Leningrad. <laughs> um, it is. It does work, though. It does. It and it does. definitely is a trope, so. Yeah. I think that's what I'm seeing for now. Okay. Um, let's move on to the next one, which is, is there a mentor? I feel like Quayle is going to be the mentor as much as I hate that. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's going to be Lev's mentor and, like, how to live life when you're dying like finding these weird pockets of joy and 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 hilarity in their terrible dire situation um and he's already kind of taken on like a mentor role which oh god we didn't even talk about this but like he's quoting all these authors and one of the quotes he says more than once is um i think it's trying to remember word for word but i think it's about how to woo women yeah and it's like purposeful neglect yep or strategic neglect or something like that yep when i read that i literally was like i'm gonna burn this (laughs) (laughs) burn this book um but so he's already trying to take on this mentor role and lev i think right now is being resistant because he's like fuck you dude like yeah you're not better than me but i do think lev as they get to know each other more and more Lev is kind of being like, oh, you're actually kind of this badass person that I aspire to be. Uh, and you've, you know, presumably been with women because that's all they can fucking think about. So, and yeah. No, go ahead. No, so I think that they're going to be like, he will be a mentor for Lev. So I want to, I want to ask though, too, if Koyla is the mentor for Lev, and they've talked a lot about sex and women. Yeah. Going back to your first thing of does the main character fall in love and you think he gets rejected, are you saying then that you think that Lev's going to adopt some of Koyla's things and it's not going to work? So it's like a weird backwards mentor where Lev is like not grown as a person or benefited by Koyla's teachings? I think he will probably try and fail to like utilize some of Koyla's bullshit um but he's just like Koyla is described multiple times as like beautiful yeah Koyla's very pretty he's very pretty um and Lev is like short and younger and has not been described as handsome necessarily in any way um and they're like you know skinny and whatever but so I think that he's going to try and fail because he even though Koyla is his mentor and he's teaching him these terrible things uh Lev is not Koyla so he doesn't necessarily have this oozing confidence and charm right and charm that Koyla does so I think he's gonna try and fail um poor Lev yeah it's sad poor Lev (laughs) poor little Lev poor little Lev but Um, also I think that I'm trying to remember the grandpa's wife's name She's not named. Oh fuck! Of course not. Um, well, cool. The only the only other thing that I thought about relationships in this, and this is just me like hoping this happens because it would be funny, is that Koyla charms whoever, um, 
the the girl that's with them but that lev in the end like gets the colonel's daughter oh <laughs> uh, somehow like breaks up their wedding and steals away with her i like um it. Just because I think that would be hilarious, but I can't imagine it actually happening. Well, but this is a good segue then to what I wanted to ask about that first part is because I didn't get to ask you about that. I am a sucker for metafictional stories. Like a book starts out like this or like Life of Pi. Yeah, and I'm I'm hooked. It is like right up my fucking alley. And so I want to know what you thought of the beginning and if you think it's true. And if like how that plays into your predictions for how this story is going to go. I liked the prologue. Um, I thought it was a cool way to start this story to kind of couch us in like this is a this is a, a grandson's interpretation and fleshing out of his grandfather's old war story. Yeah. Um I don't think that it's true. Not true, sorry that it's actually David Beninoff's br- grandfather because we know that's not true. What right. I'm asking is if like I'm sorry. If 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 the grandfather's story is true? Yes. Like in the fiction? Yes. Like is he a reliable narrator? I doubt it. <laughs> um <laughs> I think that it's probably it's probably a exaggeration of or or a humorization yes of a tragic story. Like I think he Fair. probably he probably was caught stealing and he probably was given some kind of reprieve um, that spared his life. But I really doubt that that reprieve was him finding a dozen eggs for a wedding cake. Yeah. Uh, but I think that it's one of those things. It's like a big fish situation. Yeah. Where the stories are just more and more elaborate and more and more elaborate and nobody believes you. But in the end, like aspects of them were true and that those things are magical, like that those things were true. So And that the story itself is exists. magical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think it's like one for one. I really doubt that this is how this went. Um, but I do think that it's, yeah, it's like a, a fabric fabrication of an, a more amazing journey of a true story i like it yeah um okay so who's going to die oh god more and um, more times i know probably a lot of people i'm sure you're right maybe the girl will die Vika. yeah because maybe that's why he like doesn't I don't know. That's why he doesn't succeed because she dies. She dies. And like her last dying breath is like, I would have fucked you. (laughs) Had you had more courage and more balls and a bigger dick. No, poor, poor Lev. (laughs) Um, No, I think either she might die. Maybe Koyla will die and it'll be like the kind of he he had no fear kind of thing. And in the end, like that was not a good plan and he died i could see that happening i don't think it would happen until pretty close to the end but i i can see koila dying okay cool mm-hmm. um i think you you hit a little far from home there of like well two out of the three main characters one of them will die <laughs> um <laughs> i think koila more one. than koila mean more than the girl okay um what is the twist oh i think you did mention one twist, which I think was kind of funny that Lev ends up getting the yeah. police 
guy's girl, the the daughter. Yeah. But I, th- I think the twist maybe is that she doesn't want to marry this guy. Um, and that maybe this wedding cake is like an excuse. Like we can't have the wedding without this cake and we need eggs. Um, and in the end, like she runs away with Lev. I'm going to go with this story because I like her and Lev together. Do it. Um, yeah. So I think maybe in the end she does not end up marrying this guy and this whole wedding cake bullshit is a ploy to stop the wedding. Okay. Um, because she's like, there's no fucking eggs in this city. So we'll, we'll say I need a cake to get married and I can't get married without one. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So I'm also going to say too, that I did mention that there are other women come up in the story and become not main characters, but become a good part of the story. How do you think we can put more women in this story? Because it does happen. They're not central, but they, they do exist and are part of the plot. How how do they fit in? So I can see the bride's mother being part of the story because she's been the one like hoarding flour and sugar and all this shit. And I feel like that's compelling to me. Like I want to meet her and be like, what's uh-huh. your deal? Um Part of me feels like the boys are going to have to get out of Leningrad and go to these fa- some a farm. Like, yeah. Because they keep talking about there's eggs on the farms, but they're German-occupied, right? So Yeah, that's the whole problem. Right. So I'm thinking they're going to have to get out of Leningrad, and maybe there is a woman, like like a farm, like one of the farmers is a woman that they they end up dealing with. Yeah. Um, I'm also kind of hoping that they don't just find a dozen eggs, that they, like, have to get, like, two eggs here and, like, three eggs there. And then they have to fucking, like, carry them, like, little egg children around with them and not break them. Like um, the egg, like the middle school egg babies. Yeah, exactly like that. Like in a little baby Bjorn full of eggs. I love it. Um, and so maybe they, like, a couple of the people they get eggs from are women and, and they have to yeah interact with them. For a while, maybe. So this brings me to another question I'm going to bring up. Do they succeed in getting the eggs? I think that they succeed and then fail. What do you mean by that? I feel like they're going to have a dozen eggs in their baby Bjorn, and then they're going to, like, fall on their face (laughs) and break them all. (laughs) So, like, right at the end, you know? Yeah, like, right, like, the ultimate tragedy. Like, they totally triumphed. And they're, like, on their way to bring the eggs to the colonel, and then they all fucking break. Um, and Koyla dies. Yeah, <laughs> Koyla dies somehow. Maybe he falls off a bridge with all the eggs. Oh, my God. Um, and Love's like, no, the eggs. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, I do think that they they get some eggs, because I think that this story, eventually I would just be like, God damn it, get some fucking eggs if they didn't get any. Right. Um, but I think that they ultimately fail. They ultimately fail, but at some point they do have eggs. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this story from Lev's perspective? And I know we kind of talked about that since it's like yeah. the grandfather and stuff. But I'm I, I'm going to kind of twist this question and say, like, why is this not from Koyla's perspective? I mean, obviously you think he's going to die. But, like, why do you think it's set up this way. And do you think it goes back to that like fantastical nature you were talking about? Like the only way this story could be told is from inflated Lev's perspective or what do you think? I think that Lev 
is the one who needs who's like going on this um coming of age journey Mm -hmm. and so i think it's from his perspective because he's coming of age i think he also because he's young and kind of fanciful um at least like he has an imagination he he's used it several times in our story so far i'm thinking of women naked ice skating but that's fine by thinking of naked ice skating women um i think that he is seeing Koila, who is this larger than life person and he we need an outside perspective of Koila. i think that Koila is really important to the story because he is going to teach lev all these lessons whether they be good or bad about being a quote-unquote man and having this larger than life persona um i'm hoping at some point Koila is also like real if you, you know what I mean, yeah. like he's not he's not just this person who runs into danger giggling and talks about his shits with random kids for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but that he actually there's a moment where Koila, you know, sits down and it is a real person because obviously something happened like he was called a deserter. He says he was defending his thesis, but that seems unlikely. <laughs> like, it seems very unlikely that he left his army regiment to go defend his thesis at the university in the besieged city. Um, so something's going on there, and, and he's pissed. Like, every time somebody calls him a deserter, he gets real angry. So I think that there is a deeper level to him. And so I think Lev is going to grow up kind of through his influence and seeing him. So I think that's why it's from Lev's perspective, because Lev can inflate, he has Koila as this, like, inflated personality, and he's getting all this influence from him, but he needs to see him in that way rather than as just a down-to-earth person or as a, like, idiot who runs into danger, (laughs) objectifies women, runs into danger without any, like, fear and doesn't give a shit about other people because he... I feel like clearly knew something was going on with those cannibals and still had Lev come inside and, you know, is kind of a dick. Yeah. I think Lev has to see him through this kind of God-like persona in order to find himself. So, Um, yeah. So that brings me to like this other question. We keep saying it's like a coming of age story about how boys become men. So how does Lev become a man? Does he, like, fucking lose his virginity? Does he kill somebody? Does he, you know, just, is it an epiphany? Like, what is the ultimate thing that leads Lev to become a man? Yeah. I really hate that turn of phrase. I do, too. Um, In general. I think it's dumb, too. Like, I've had people in my life say that, like, there was a, a, a thing that was written about a, a friend of ours that was getting married, and they were like, yesterday this happened Ugh. and today it was this happened and one of the Ugh. things that it said was yesterday you were a girl and today you are a woman and I Vomit. lost my shit I did I made them cut it because they were like reading it to me as a draft and I made them cut it because I was like you can't fucking tell me that I'm like I was like what if I never get married right and she was like well then you could still become a woman I was like that's not what you're implying right there like that you're saying to me that if I never get married I will forever be a girl and so I hate that turn of phrase too but obviously this is the journey in this story right is this kind right. of very 
this journey is sort of his memorable moment. Like if he thinks about it, like when something shifted in his life and led him on a different trajectory. And obviously this whole journey is a different trajectory, but something has to happen in that climactic moment of what is the thing that Lev does? Cause we've talked about, you know, Koyla getting killed or them getting the eggs or something like that. But Lev has to do something yeah, in order to change. And what's that going to be? <clears throat> what do you think? I think Lev, I do think in the beginning of this book, especially Lev is very juvenile. Yeah. Um, so we start out with a really like a juvenile from a juvenile place. And I think probably it's going to be, he's going to think throughout this journey, like, Oh, to become a man, I need to kill someone. I need to sleep with a woman. I need mm-hmm. to whatever. Like these are the, you know, requirements, right. The milestones that I need to meet. But in reality, even if he does those things, I feel like he's going to sit there and be like, oh, well, that doesn't, that's not, like, <laughs> that didn't do what it was supposed to, you yeah. know? Like, I don't really feel different or, like, that didn't really work the way it was supposed to. Right. Um. So I think in the ultimately it will probably be finding his own way. Like, he's got all this bullshit from Koila that he's been just, you know... Absorbing. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think ultimately, like, his, quote, becoming a man will be taking the lessons from Koila that were, that he actually identifies with and leaving the rest and, and doing some action that is brave and good rather than, like, for his own kind of personal benefit. Yeah. Probably something that's fairly self-sacrificing or um standing up to someone who is terrifying in order to save someone else rather than himself i like it i think that's gonna be where it is yeah i like that a lot um finally what other stories does this book remind you of and i want to know from your perspective i know that i was throwing out a lot of titles there and we already mentioned mean girls but (laughs) obviously mean girls obviously mean girls um but i want to know like from from you, what other stories does this remind you of? So it kind of reminds me in tone of Inglorious Bastards, um, this like war dark comedy with these kind of out of this world characters. Yeah. I'm looking at the cover. I don't know if I've read or experienced a lot of things that this really reminds me of because it's kind of a time period I avoid. Fair. Um, so in terms of like World War Two reminiscence pretty much nothing because i don't that's okay yeah i don't have um a lot of perspective from that you know we can go with inglorious bastards and mean girls like that can totally be the answer <laughs> i am 100 percent okay with that it'll make for a hilarious intro um i do think that like the whole outrageous like i'm feeling there is a story that i've read or i've experienced where there's this outrageous slightly older character that this boy is looking up to and like right. trying to emulate and, and I do think that that is in some stories, but I'm just not thinking of them. That's okay. I think it's totally fair. Yeah. Um, well, that's awesome. We got through our questions. Do you have any other notes or things you want to add or predictions you want to throw out there that didn't kind of fit in the questions? Um, I don't think so. I think that the, the plot, I'm sure it will get so twisty and so bullshit (laughs) like there's just gonna be a lot of shit that happens that i'm like oh my god um but i feel like 
the, surprisingly, actually, I feel like those questions adhered to this plot pretty well. Well, yeah, because it's a it's it, because again, I love a book that follows a solid story structure and follows a solid plot structure, and our questions right. are tailored towards that. Well, and coming of age. And Hero's Journey are, like, so... They're basically the same fucking thing. Just one has magic and one doesn't. Right. At that point. So, yeah. No, I... Like I said, I'm sorry I'm torturing you with this one. (laughs) Because I didn't think about it from a character's thing. Which I think is why it's also so interesting for us. Is, like, I'm thinking back on other books now that I've, like, thought about this. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. Because Allison's books are so character-based. And my books are so plot-based. And I'm like, nothing happens to them. And you're like, but aren't the characters awesome? And it's like, <laughs> no. And and so it makes a lot of sense for what we do. It um does. Yeah, but I I just want to first off also say thank you to anybody who listened through Yay. the last 50 odd minutes of this. Thank you so much for listening to Novel Predictions and for reading this one with us. It's kind of a different one um, that we pulled out, especially for McKaylee's picks. Um, but World War II historical fiction is probably like one of the only ones you're going to get because I'm probably not going to make her read another one. Um, I want to get a book that she's actually going to like at some point. And, um, but we're really grateful. Thank you so much for subscribing, for giving us a review, for following us on Twitter and Instagram at Novel Prediction. And we're just so grateful to have these listeners and you guys for reviewing and, uh, just thank you so much for this. So I'm excited to have Allison finish the rest of this book and to see if her predictions are, right, wrong, kind of, sort of in between. Um, And I'm excited to see what she thinks of the ending. (laughs) I really want someone to fall off a bridge with a baby Bjorn full of eggs. (laughs) That's what I want. That's my, like, my biggest, my biggest uh, desire, desire for this book. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, So also on all of our review episodes, we love to take this time and promote another podcast. And this one's really cool. Um, because, yeah. because I get to be a guest on this podcast, yeah. Allison, it's going to be super fun. So, um, Kelly over at Boobies and Newbies, we've promoted the podcast before, but I started falling in love with it and reading it, or I'm listening to it, excuse me. And Allison's been listening to it too for a while. And mm-hmm. I finally just reached out to Boobies and Newbies on Twitter and I was like, I love this podcast. What do I have to do to be on? Because in truth, I am still a rather new romance reader right. and th- thanks to Allison I am a romance reader <laughs> thanks to Allison so it's, I think it's only like fucking fair that I get to um kind of do this podcast and and promote our podcast but boobies and newbies if you don't know what it is is this really great romance podcast and it asks nov- novice romance readers to think outside the dick in a box and every episode she invites a guest to join her in reading and reviewing a romance novel. And it's usually their first romance novel. For me, it's obviously not my first romance novel, but it's my first sci-fi space romance novel. Oh, good lord. I did not (laughs) know that. Holy shit, that makes me so excited. (laughs) It's going to be great. Um, And so I'm so excited. It's lots of fun, lots of laughs. We're going to record it on Saturday, and I don't know when it's going to go live, but I really encourage you guys to follow Boobies and Newbies on social media. Go and give it a listen. One of my favorite episodes is The Governess Game by Tessa Dare. I love Dare, that book. And we love that book, and there's so many other ones. Like, I learned so much about romance that I was like, oh my god, I've never even ventured into, like, reverse harem romances, oh and all these, I know, all these things. And 
we get to read the sex scenes out loud and it's going to be super fun. <laughs> and so I just, I, I'm so excited to be guesting on this podcast. Thank you, Kelly. And, um, please go ahead and listen to that. Please listen to me on that podcast. Um, I'm sure Allison is going to laugh her fucking head off. I will when die. She It'll be amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. It's this really short self-published, um, Oh, double whammy for you. Yes. I find, oh, I had to finally tell her, I was like, Hey, so I don't read books on ebook and I don't buy books from Amazon. So you got to give me something else. She goes, oh, okay, that helps me. And so we switched and I was able to get it from Book Depository <laughs> because I was like, I'm not buying anything from Amazon and I'm not reading it on an e-reader. But yeah, so this is, um, yeah, it's going to be It's going to be amazing. It's going to be super great. The book is actually, let me see if I could pull up what the book is going to be really quickly here. Um, come on now. Didn't you, for- you've already forgot the title of your very good book? Yep. 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 I'm so nervous. Okay. Kathayan, C-A-T-H-I-A-N, The Vorge Crew Book One by Laura Ann Doher. Donher. Kathayan? Kathayan? C-A-T-H-I-A-N. And it's got a big, muscular, long-haired, blonde gentleman on the cover. Amazing. So it's going to be great. I'm so excited. I'm super stoked. And you guys should give it a listen. And thank you for listening to us. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, thank you for your reviews. If you review our podcast, take a screenshot of it, send it to uh, one of our DMs, Twitter or Instagram, and I will send you some super awesome swag. Allison redid our logo and it looks amazing. And it's this really cool bookmark and sticker and you get some awesome swag. It's great. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you all. Um, our audience is growing every day and that makes me so happy. So please keep listening. Um, share with a friend, share with a friend, tweet about us. Um, we love you guys for listening and we hope to keep making this forever because we have so many books that we can do this with. There's so many, it's so much torture. It's great. So I bet she's already planning my demise for July. (laughs) retribution dun 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 all right thanks guys for listening i'm kales and i'm allison keep making novel predictions bye, bye.